0: This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're here with Nick and Bob. We're back to rock and roll. So, how are you doing out there, Nick? Well, Bob, I think uh,
0: I think rock and roll is the right words for it. Uh, staying real busy. Just got to work about two minutes before this call. It was a great day, and it was a busy day, and it was a crazy day, man. Uh, but life is good.
1: Okay. And are your hours back to normal?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are That's We great. are back on track, back to normal. How's everything in your life, Bob?
1: That's good. Um, the last week, I've been pretty much just taking a break from life. Uh, well, I've been uh, driving around, going to different places, doing a lot of sightseeing, and just really um, – so I went back to Ithaca to grab my stuff, and I just really just soaked in the last bit of that the guy could before I finally moved out and leave it to go. So I left Ithaca, and now. I'm just just around hanging out and then doing and getting stuff done.
0: Absolutely, do love it. Now I remember. Uh, wow, I'm about to say I remember that time last year, and it's uh, crazy to believe it was only last year.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's good. So um, this morning you sent me something interesting. You sent me There was a passage in a book that you were reading, and it was basically, would you mind just talking a little bit about it, Nick? I'm just curious what, what yeah. the book's about. Um, and wh- Absolutely, what are you Bob. getting out of the book so far? So the book um, it's called Raise
0: Your Game, and it's by an author called Alan Stein. And he's a phenomenal author. He's a phenomenal athlete. He works with a lot of very high-level basketball players from high school, college, NBA. But even more importantly, he works with a lot of very successful business people. And there's a lot of great coaches out there, and not just coaches of a sport. They're coaches of life. They're coaches of business. They're coaches of really everything. And so this book, is he draws on a lot of the secrets of personal success, comparing from his lens of basketball to the business world and kind of all the in between in there. And so for him, um, it's cool. He breaks the book down into these categories and the categories are, uh, section number one about the player or kind of the individual section. Number two for the coach or CEO and section number three for, um, what they consider to be the team or. The whole corporation company at hand. And it's pretty sweet. Um, I'm loving it. Actually, Bob, what I did was I didn't even get the book for myself. What I did was I ordered it for a good friend of mine to give to him as a present. Actually, my first mentor in the residency program. Um, I'm done with him after in these next couple of weeks. Thursday, this week is my last mentoring session with him. So actually, I ordered the book the other day um, to give to him as a present. I'm going to write a little note in it. But I was, because I was looking through it, I'm like, damn, this book is so good. I think it's gonna be perfect for this guy. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, I'd enjoy this book too. So I'm doing something crazy, Bob, and deciding to try and I get the, I got the book last night, and I'm all this crazy time right now. Sometimes in my life, things don't work out for timing. Sometimes you just have to make them work out for timing. This is one of those times where I've decided to attempt to read the entire book by um, when I have to give it to him Thursday morning. So it's going to be a battle, it's going to be a challenge, uh, but dude, it's a book full of insights, it's amazing, um, I love these books where it's a beautiful art of storytelling, but also just taking people who are the best of the best and bringing all their knowledge to the
1: forefront. Oh, you're really killing two birds with one stone right there. Um, I mean, I, I've been reading a lot of autobiographies recently these past few weeks with the driving, a lot of audiobooks, and a lot of just audiobooks of, like, people like Kevin Hart, um, Jimmy Yang, um, the the guy in Hamilton, uh, Leslie Jr., um, so a lot of, lot of autobiographies. Now, one thing that there's, like, a common thread between all these autobiographies um, for these successful people, and, and one of the, the common threads is that they all work on their mindset, and it, it feels like that's what you're talking about when you're just sharing examples from this book of, like, successful Basketball players, successful CEOs, successful business leaders, um, that all stems from my, the mindset. And, and you sent me a list of questions and these are all pretty much internal mindset working questions that I thought, uh, so I just think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, to provide more context for that, and Bob, first of all, thank you for your response, your very thoughtful response. Um, one of the prompts and one of the chapters of the book, they have all these like little assessments and one of them specifically involves, um, your community was talking about comparing, hey, what do you, how do you assess yourself in these areas? How do you scale up? and then send this out to the people, some of the people who are the absolute closest to you and get their opinion, get their perspective, and see where they line up or not. And I mean that's kind of authentic living. And that's kind of putting things into perspective. And so, Bob, you were one of the um, great people that I sent this out to and asked me for some honest feedback and I kind of said, Listen, no bullshit, this isn't about making me feel good, no sugar coating. Um, you know, I'm sending it out to people, to you, Bob, and to other of my really, really close friends who I believe will, I want to say give an unbiased opinion, but it's never truly unbiased. It's, um, bias within context, um, but biased within a context, it gives an accurate representation of your perception of me. Um, and so I'm doing this to try and get better. I'm doing this for feedback along the way, and I'm trying to leave the parking lot. We had a car going in the outdoor. Oh, that's fascinating. Anyway, <laughs> um, wow. All right, they're back enough. That's good. I'm glad I'm not going to hit them. Anyway, okay. um, that's distracting me a moment, Bob. So, um,
1: no, it's, it's a big moment. A car going out the, the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, hey, at least she's walking with confidence, I guess. Um, anyway, oh, wow. um, so we're good. We're back safe. We're on the road again. On the road again, my friend. Um, but what? No,
1: no, like, well, going this, back to your point. Yeah. of like asking asking people these these honest opinions no bullshit uh, things about you it really takes like it really takes a lot of courage because the average person or just the normal person wants to hear the good things about themselves um things that uh make them feel good like you said like sugar coating things and i think part of growth is that uncomfortability that we all talk about that we talk about very often and and this is something that that's uncomfortable and, and i thought when I was doing this, it took me 45 minutes just to, to write some stuff, but I really wanted to be honest and truthful and then not sugarcoat stuff. But I think I just was honest overall when, when I was answering the questions for you. And then I think that's part of growth as well um, for both of us being honest with feedback and taking feedback, honestly.
0: Absolutely. And Bob, I say like there are some people in my life, many people who are great, strong, are great friends. Um, that I intentionally didn't send it to because I thought their opinion would be too biased. Um, I mean, we've known each other for a very, very long time, Bob. It has some pretty um, substantial moments with getting to the deep stuff. And out of the people I sent it to, you are the person kind of second to last in terms of the one I've known the longest. Um, And that's, that's nothing bad at all with you. It's just that the richness that we have in kind of our relationship with everything, just imagining that, Hey, there are, That's what we have to keep diving into. That's what we have to keep delving into. So I've been knowing you for um, a pretty sweet six years, man. Um, There's still a lot of other people I've known for far longer. And it's these opinions that that really matter for you and everybody else around me who I know that, hey, I can trust you to give me complete, honest feedback. And, uh, you know, I always take everything with a grain of salt, but to get a really good understanding from this going forward.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. Has it really been six years? That's a long time
0: (laughs) Oh wait, let me think about that actually. Because you
1: Oh no, you skipped the year of PT school, didn't you? It might have only been uh yeah. it's around like five, six years, but five, it's six. still regardless a long time. So
0: is anybody that can put up with me for more than two years is
1: impressive in my eyes. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing how we're still I guess doing this every week. So so that that's a yeah. uh, power to itself.
0: And so just to give a little more context to this, Bob, is that
1: um you know, you used some awesome comments to give some insight.
0: Basically I sent out a like an image from the book I took and it's 12 questions and it's 12 questions to ask for like my own self rating, uh, one to 10 about how much I kind of align with these principles and asking people to give feedback on them and kind of send me messages. And it's funny, Bob, it's like, I went into this asking these specific people to the specific non-biased to get great feed, to get feedback, to understand, to better my life. And it's like, yeah, I'm nervous for it. And even like once I get the responses, it's like, like, again, they're good numbers, right? There's some, like, like there's a good number of 10s in there sometimes, some 8s and stuff. But okay? it's like, you know, oh, there are a couple of them that have a bunch of 6s in it. And I'm like, for, like, even though, like, I'm asking directly for this feedback, it's like it's the human mind is, like, I have to hold myself in pause. I'm like, the human mind is so damn funny, man. It is so damn funny. Because it's like I'm asking for this. It's not like me being nervous and not wanting the feedback. I want it.
1: Even when I get it, I'm
0: like, oh man, I gotta. I still have to continuously reframe my mindset to not have that immediate reaction like, oh, they had a six. What's wrong? Of course. What do you mean? What's wrong? I'm trying to find out what's wrong. Um. So I think it's. I think it's pretty interesting that even those of us that practice it. It's not about practicing it. It's about keep practicing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's like the a muscle that we talk about. Like. The, the getting hit in the face, I don't know if it really, I guess, relates, but it's, it's the same principle of, like, we don't like this. It's uncomfortable. But every time we get hit, we can become stronger after. Um, Absolutely, dude. It's, like, it's the obstacle of the way. That's why we have to embrace it. I love it. Do you want to share anything more about the, the questions, your answers, feedback that you got? Do you have any other thoughts about this?
0: I don't yet. And here's what I'm going to say, Bob. I'm going to. Can we, play, uh, can we play fast forward for a moment? Uh, sure. Okay. Because here's what I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking, hey, I've said, I'm going to finish, and this is kind of crazy for me. Um, but, again, give yourself a certain amount of time, get things done in that time, Bob Chang. That's kind of our motto for what we're about sometimes. So what I'm going to say is that I kind of, you know, Thursday when I've got to give that book over as a present to my good friend, I'm going to have that book read. I'm going to have it finished. And I want that to be my accountability for so the next time we talk. Now, two times from now, the time after, because I have all this testing, all this other stuff going on, and because there are some people I'm waiting to get the data, what I want to do for accountability two times from now is I take all these numbers and feedback and just say, hey, let me place this thing in an Excel spreadsheet. Let me look at people with the feedback they gave me. Let me look at averages for each question. Um, and let me kind of assess myself for my own unbiased numbers and see how they line up.
1: I like that. That's That's great. Did you know, Nick, there's actually a name for this principle we talk about? I think, I don't know if I shared it, but. I'm curious, Bob, you, 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 you my curiosity, please do tell. So, so there's that, so, so what we've been, this accountability thing we've been talking about, there's, there's a law, there's a name for it. So it's called the Parkinson's law the and Parkinson's basically, law. yes, the Parkinson's law. Some, some metician, mathematician, mathematician. <laughs> It, not a magician, a mathematician um, in like the, the 1950s and the 1950s or 1960s um, created this like statistical thing. Basically, it's just the saying that work expands so it fills the time available for its completion. So that's the law: work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. So, however much we give time for ourselves, the work expands to fill. It. So it's like, it's like that Bruce Lee quote: "Be water." It just it extends,
0: man. Be water, dude. Conform to the object that you're in. So I like that how we draw that analogy
1: with the work, Bob. Exactly. Exactly. I, I like how you, you know, bring it back to Bruce Lee. It's it's great. <laughs> but but I like those. I, I like those. Stats. You'll definitely. So what? You have two days, well, it's one, a day and a half left.
0: Pretty much. Two days, man. I was uh, I was staying up late last night. I got to. I believe I got to just about page 50. Um, I got like a, you know, 250 to go. Um, and to be honest, this is the most unintelligent time to do this. Like it, it completely is with all the stuff I have for other things for Thursday, with things for, um, you know, the next week. Totally the most unintelligent time to do it. But guess what? We're going to do it anyway.
1: We're going to test myself, see what I'm capable of, and we're going to freaking succeed. Yeah. I, like we, we talked about, if you prioritize it, you'll get it done. So I, I, you're definitely going to finish the book, Nick. And I expect, a, a good, uh, summary of the book next yeah, week. we'll have, a, we'll uh, talk about have
0: it. a book review chat.
1: Yep. A book, a <laughs> very good, I, I like that. So last week I brought something unexpected at the end of the podcast. Um, and you were like, wait, hold up. So, so last week at the end of the podcast, I talked about just wanting to do like find something to like publish my case report. And at the end of the podcast last week or two weeks ago, one and a half week ago, you're like, wait, that's a long process. Just find three different journals and see, see where to go from there. So this whole week I've been, yeah, so, so this whole week, it's been pretty much driving hours here hours there. Um, I found three journals, so two of them are more official. One of them is, I guess, less official and the other ones. Um, So, but as I was walking through the process, I thought to myself is is publishing a case report really going to benefit me in the future or really gonna affect how I practice or, or, or I guess my my future tap dancing to work tap dancing on a bed mantra. Um, Not really. But there was still an option to just submit my case report manuscript in an area. So I just submitted it in one of the journals. So the journal was orthopedic and rheumatology, open journal, open access journal. Um, and they just allowed me to submit the manuscript. So I've been waiting just a few days just to see how it goes. I you know, probably respond, probably rejected or accepted, who knows. But I think for right now, that's how much work I want to put into this case report.
0: Okay, dude. Um, here's my question for you, Bob. I'm like, number one, I'm totally cool with that. I think it's good self-reflection, good understanding. Well, how much do you think in your mind that that instinct that kind of focus for you about, uh, I don't know if this is going to benefit me or not, how much of that do you think is just that valid point for the truth that it is? And what percentage do you think it's, hey, anytime I try and do something uncomfortable, reach beyond what I'm, I think I'm capable of, reach beyond my comfort zone, that my brain automatic, and everybody's brain, has that reaction of, oh, you don't you don't really have to do that. That's not essential. It's not the of your survival. You don't really need to do that, Bob. Uh, what do you think the split is? What's what's more about the hesitancy? Because um, I do think that there's elements of each in that. But I'm more concerned yeah. about yeah. what the dominant force is.
1: I, I like that. Thank you for, for asking me that. Um I would say it's more I would say like sixty forty. So sixty percent not really affecting me. Forty percent of like eh it's more of like the. Um, we we talked about the the book Art of War, or the yeah. War of Art. One of those War of Art, Art of War, Art of War uh, by I, Stephen I, Pressfield. I believe it's Art Art of War. Yeah, Art of War by Stephen Pressfield. He talks about this well, concept war,
0: of uh, war. War of Art sounds like like five year olds doing like finger painting or something.
1: Um, I think war. I think the it's two books. One is by like a general from China, like. Yeah, that's that a lot more with Art of War. <laughs> um, let me actually look this, look this up real quick. So, um, so, but basically, there is, so yeah, there's the book Art of War by Sun Tzu, this ancient Chinese military person. And then there's another book called The War of Art um, by Stephen Pressfield. And in this book, he talks about, breaking through like inner blockage, inner creativity. And one, one term he coins is this term of resistance. So every time you want to do something hard or meaningful, your brain in the back of your mind just tells, you no, and fear is a part of resistance that blocks you from, from doing the thing you want to do. Now that is a part of it. So I I would say like the things like the information in my case report, I would say doesn't really live up to, I guess, the standard practice, I guess, of the McKenzie method. So that that's pretty much what my case report is on. But I've been, I did a lot of like, I didn't follow the exact or, or part or most of how the McKenzie method works. And I talked about it in the case report. Um So that's where like the resistance is hitting me. But I still just okay, submitted so, it to a different. But let, um, let me true. let
0: me ask you this again, Bob. Is the resistance hitting you because there's a lack of kind of correlation with hey, this is the method in which I'm learning? Uh, then is the resistance hitting because hey, I did something different and I don't know if that's going to be as valid?
1: Um, I yes, so,
0: I would say that. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here, my friend, and I'm going to say that hey, I think that that's even potentially more validity for this article because, hey, it it brings out a contrasting opinion and it says, hey, maybe there's something more to it based on than just this model. Maybe this model is an awesome guide. Maybe this this model does great. but maybe there are also patients who benefit from, you know, being in a certain subsection of this model where you might not need to follow it to a teeth, but there are other factors to consider as well. Um, I think that could be pretty interesting to look at
1: okay I, I appreciate that um but either way i haven't submitted at, a, at an open journal or some journal that that's out there that just allowed me to submit it and, and how i found this was there was i was reading multiple case reports for the mckenzie method extremity patients and one of the papers was on this journal so I thought might as well just try and then see if I just submit it to the journal as well. So that's where I'm at with this. Um, but I do want to thank you for just, I guess, putting my, my butt to the hot seat and seeing if, if I'm just calling it quits because it's hard.
0: Absolutely, Bob. And, um, you know, I think you'll be kind of left with a choice after this and I don't think that there's a wrong answer. Um, you know, some of my role right now and your role with me too is that, no, it's not necessarily about um let me let me reword this. It is not inherently about what end decision you make. Um it's about what's your thought process and getting there and having considered all things and can we change your clinical reasoning both from the clinical side point, but then also just from life in general. Um so if we get you to think differently about it, um, even if it doesn't change the outcome, I think we've had success.
1: Yes. Um but well, what I did shift my goal to after I did the case on the case report thing, that, that just took literally a couple of minutes. Um, I decided that my accountability instead for this week would be to work on more to to reevaluate my unique value proposition and, and my mission statement for, for when I graduate. I'm going to create a side hustle physical fits with every practice, create my own practice. And then I thought... I was going to really just hone in on my mission statement. And and I think that that's really important um, because there's this intrinsic motivation now of not just you keeping me accountable, but me saying, okay, I finished this case report journal thing, but I want to do more and I, I'm doing it and I did it. So okay, I, I think
0: well, that. Let me ask a clarifying question. So you're saying that you did the accountability for this week. You're saying that you're like, Hey, That wasn't, like, that was good. I got something done. It was still great to do it. It wasn't enough. I want more things to be accountable for. I like this accountability thing. Let me add this other thing for accountability and be accountable to Nick without even telling him. Yes. Dude, okay, I want to take a pause here. It's for everybody listening, like, talk about how freaking badass that is and why, uh, for you especially, when you struggle at times with the intrinsic motivation, why that is so important and so essential to get after that, because it wasn't just you saying, hey, I feel really good about this. I got this done, but it wasn't enough. Let me do something more, right? That would be a whole different level. It would be like, hey, let me do something. But no, you said, let me be accountable to the same exact degree. Let me put money on the line. Let me do all this stuff. And the dude doesn't even know that I'm going to still do it anyway and hold myself to that standard. That's freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I'm. that's something that I realized these past few days, and I'm proud of myself for doing it. And that that's the
0: cool thing is, like, when your instinct leads you to that, that that's how you know that you've been cultivating good habits for a while, when your instinct leads you to do that. But you realize it later, you're like, oh, wow, that was pretty sweet. And so when your gut's on the right line, man, everything in life is going okay.
1: Perfect. So I, I thought I'd I share a little bit about the mission statement, um, just to hear your thoughts. Um, so eventually – Uh, I talked about this in the past, I'm going to, once I graduate, I'll find a place to work and on the side, maybe two or three days a week, I'll be doing a side hustle, like what you're doing. Um, but I just, my, on my own. Um, and part of doing things on my own, I need to have that mission statement. I need to have that why of why I'm doing it and what makes me unique. So the mission, and I talked about our unique value proposition like months ago. It's all about like appropriate loading, doing loading that's right for the patient and doing things like deadlifts, squats, things like that, if you recall. Um, Now I really, I guess, refined it a little bit more. So so the mission statement now is our mission is to help the 25 to 55-year-old active person with neck or back pain regain their confidence to move freely and become healthier without wasting your time in therapy. I think that's my mission statement as of right now, um, with, I guess, all the things that I want in a patient of not wasting somebody's time and giving them the efficient treatment, uh, to, to help them regain movement and and move freely while at the same time becoming healthier with, exercising, and sleep. Let me hear your thoughts, Nick.
0: I like it a lot, Bob. I would certainly say it's, um, when you compare that to what you said before in the past, this one has more of a resonance to it. It has much more of a kind of a deeper purpose where I think that your kind of mission statement in the past was very much a, hey, here's what I'm going to do to implement something that i enjoy and something that I can bring value to. Sure. This is, this statement is truly a mission statement. This statement is truly getting after and getting the understanding of, hey, here's the reason why behind it that um, you can stand for. And the whole thing about, hey, let's empower people. Let's get them moving. Let's not waste their time. Let's get them back to their active lifestyle. Um, Other than you touched on, hey, let's incorporate this to their entire lifestyle. I like
1: that a lot, Bob. So once I had that, I decided that I was going to take it a step further and ask myself like why? Why, why is this my mission? Um, and after I guess some time of thinking, I came up with because in my mind I'm trying to redefine what a physical therapist is into somebody as a movement movement expert who can assess muscle skeletal injuries in a timely manner and provide patients with the tools to take control of their pain now and in the future. So I, I think that that why itself is bigger than me, which which drives myself and eventual people that, that I bring on to the team as well.
0: I like that, Bob. Um, to be honest, I got nothing to add to that. Um, I think you're right on cue and what I'm liking today, especially, because I don't think you've been as consistent with this in the past that I really want to celebrate this now. And I think it's a lesson for all of us, including me to get really, really good at this is always take it to the next level. Um, and so your instinct kind of twice today has been, hey, this is going on, right? It's This is what I'm doing. Let me take it to the next. Let me take it to the next. Let me take it to the next. Let me get a deeper understanding. And, dude, that's freaking awesome.
1: I like it. So it, it's something that I'm going to, I guess, hold myself accountable to be working on since there's this gap in before my clinical uh, for another three, three four weeks. Before that starts, Bob, now let me play devil's advocate for a moment here.
0: The question I want to ask you is, and again, this may be something that we just posed a question and that you end up with the same answer but a different thought process, and that's totally fine. Or it might change your answer, and that's totally fine, too. For you, do we think two questions? One, do you think that the range of 25 to 55 is too broad of a range, if we're calling out ranges? It might be, it might not be. And and I also want to hear kind of the why behind that. Why is that range important? Uh, then in addition to that, um, let me think of the other. Oh, yeah. When you say active people, right? Is active people enough of a compelling of a group? Is the word active people going to get athletes or athletes going to be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an active person? Or kind of the weekend warriors going to be like, oh, I'm an active person? Um, so that's my other question is does that do you think – That will resonate enough with your target audience.
1: So, the target audience is, to me, the average gym goer. So, somebody that goes to the gym, somebody that's active in general. So, it's not. It's it's an athlete, but it's not an athlete. So so it's like the weekend warrior. That that
0: casual recreational athlete.
1: Yes. So. A casual recreational athlete or, or a gym goer. I feel like that's too long of a of a I guess of, of a title to place on a person. Like, like if you have a target audience of moms, like you can say moms, or you can say business owners, or you can say um, car dealership people. Uh, but I feel active people involves both of gym goers and athletes in general
0: and i like that bob um and so i i guess my comment is even even with that and even if you decide to resonate with that where my mind goes is hey let's say that there's just a little bit of hint of ambiguity with that right a hint of ambiguity with that statement um even though it's kind of clear in your mind there's potential for it so what else are you going to do through not just your mission statement but other forms of your marketing other things to say hey i need to spend extra I need to be even more explicit in this area about who my target audience is to really make them feel that reaching out to them. And I think that you're going to do that. And I think you do that anyway. Um, but again, it's just about where that thought process takes
1: you. Well, I, I think it's like you have the, the bait, which is the, the target audience, which is the hook, but then you also have to throw it in the right area. Um, so if I say active person, and I go to, and I go present a seminar at a gym or a CrossFit, CrossFit box. Those people there are already in that active people bracket. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it, it's, I think to, to really, I guess, clear that ambigu- ambiguity, ambiguity is, is where I'm marking it specifically. So if I'm going to health clubs and, and talking, doing a a, web, a seminar there, Giving, giving like a quick luncheon, something there, most of the, those people are active people and they fall into that active person category. That That's what's going through my mind. If it's still ambiguous, of course, I'll change it to more. It could be a gym goer, it could be athlete. Um, but right now I feel like as of this moment, and of course I'll, I'll probably refine my mission statement and unique value proposition and why statement down further, but as of this moment, this is what I see fits.
0: No, sounds great. Bob, and again, kind of like what we said before it, you know, I'm asking out there for tons and tons of feedback and it's ultimately, it's ultimately my choice to evaluate that. Hopefully, honestly, and hopefully the least bias possible, but evaluate that for myself and say, Hey, this applies, this doesn't apply, this applies, this doesn't apply and get that understanding for myself. Um, but. It's my decision in the end. It's just about feedback there. Um, so I do trust that hey, you're going to do whatever you need to for your process to continue to refine and make it great. I
1: like it. So my goal, um, is there anything else you want to add for next week? Otherwise, we could talk about our goals for next week. You already mentioned your goals of finishing the book by
0: Thursday and then
1: having a spreadsheet of all of your the people that you send out to for for the numbers and then reevaluating and seeing where those numbers last. Do you have yeah, anything so, else you want so to add?
0: For, for me, I'm actually going to um I'm gonna do those two separate things. So the first yeah. thing the re- the reading is just gonna be for next podcast. And then I'm actually gonna play leapfrog here and do the other one for two from now. Perfect.
1: I like that. Um so what my plan is so there's I finished all the the McKenzie textbooks. McKenzie's uh, textbooks but those were the second volume textbooks. So I bought the first volume textbooks.
0: Dude, dedication my man.
1: So the first volume textbooks and the second volume textbooks they're, they're actually very different. So so um, okay. I bought the first volume and I'm going to plan plan to finish reading the first book of that and also every day I'm going to work one hour just reading through um, the the business planning aspect of Twin Admin, which is a course that I took in college for uh, PT school with Dr. Cherry, his notes, read over his notes, review his notes, see things that I can take away um, and implement that.
0: I love it, dude. Refreshing the basics, kind of each stage you go to, to get a reminder of, hey, this is where I came from. This is what it was. Um, but also it's like the more context we have, the more we explore this, sometimes the more those things become meaningful to us down the road.
1: I like it. Perfect. This is, this was a great podcast.
0: I love it, Bob. Dude, thank you as always, um,
1: one selfishly
0: for your, um, for your feedback, for your commitment as always. Um, thank you for taking the time to do this. I know that it's a certainly a big commitment on my part and I know that it can be on yours as well. Um, but again, it's these commitments that are well worth it.
1: Exactly. All right. I'll see you next week, Nick.
0: See you next week, my friend.